Imagine a podcast hosted by two guys whose genius simply couldn't be contained within the cages of their minds. Two intellectual heavy hogs, one podcast, no rules, two hosts. They're the heavy hogs. Welcome to Experts International. First of all, cheers to uh, Halloween. Cheers to Halloween. Do, um, <laughs> do you know what you're going to be? Oh, great question. I'm trying to find a Squid Game costume, but they're all sold out. Oh, damn. Yeah. I think you could probably find some like, uh, well, what do you look? I Okay, I haven't watched the show. Mm-hmm. Green tracksuit? No. Um, oh. No. I, um, no. The like guards wear the red costumes oh. with these black masks that have like either a circle, a triangle, or a square. Oh, that's them. cool. That's a cool costume. Or one of the like rich people with like the chrome animal heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool costume. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to be associated. <laughs> like, I don't think I'd totally. want to volunteer, volunteer myself as one of those guys. Yeah. Um, it is funny. They're so, it's fun to watch a, a show made in Korea, I guess, because those people are all just like Americans. And so like almost stereotypically, written oh sure. of like an american oh just really? like disgusting perverted <laughs> old man <laughs> like wealthy perverted disgusting old man yeah which is like um i don't know it feels like a bit of a caricature and then it also feels like totally real mm. yeah yeah i think again i haven't watched the show yep but just the image of the those people with like their kind of sleek suits and like shiny mm-hmm. heads it seems like certain terminally online people that watch that show. I I could just see like a a meme with one of those people, like some like Sigma male meme with one of those people and like an Elon Musk quote, but like painted in a very positive light (laughs) of like the, that guy's so dope. Like you should, I want to be the silver rabbit head guy. Yeah. Type thing. But again, haven't watched the show. Yeah, I think when you watch it, like, they're they're in a pretty negative light, I would say. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they do seem kind of scary. Um, I also just realized we're, they're likely to be episodes between now and Halloween, so maybe that was a premeditative cheer. No, I like to get my Halloween cheers starting early October. Sometimes I even late. All month sometimes long. even late September is when I'll start cheersing yeah, to Halloween true. anytime totally. I drink. Some people start uh, listening to Christmas music right after Thanksgiving. I mm-hmm. start prepping for Halloween <laughs> end of June. Yeah, and it's mostly just like when I have a glass of wine with a friend. <laughs> cheers to Halloween. Cheers to Halloween, man. <laughs> yeah. Coming yeah. right up. Yeah, exactly. Um, well... I will say one spooky development that might have occurred, uh, well, I think did occur, is that Andrew Yang started his own political party. And uh, 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 he's now a third party, not only a third party potential candidate, but a third party pioneer. Not a moment too soon. Uh, I've been waiting for this day. Do you remember what it's called? Um. I don't remember what it's called. I wonder if he even... Actually, I'm not sure if he has a name. No, there is a name. It's something like... It's something really like... Like... The best party. Or or not... 
it's not really like that on the nose, but it's something. Uh, all I know um, is okay. Wait, I just looked it up. Um, oh, the forward party, mm. which I'm excited to hear what those four words are. Um, <laughs> Beef, <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yeah, how's that going, by the way? It's going pretty good. That's a callback to our previous episode, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to listen to that one, and you will find that comment very funny. Yes, you're going to freaking die Lose when you shit. hear that. Um, no, yeah, the forward party. Uh, all I know is I'm so excited because I haven't been able to get that Yang Gang sticker off my car, I- <laughs> so I'm glad he's still in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> his like advisor was like, "Man, there's, we did the research, Andrew. There's <laughs> seventy four thousand cars on the road <laughs> with Yang Gang stickers. Are you going to capitalize on this? Do you know what's crazy is that seventy two out of those seventy four thousand cars are Teslas. Yep, kind of interesting. It is tidbit. interesting. Um, but yeah." The forward party, a third party. I did watch a little clip of him uh, on kind of like a left wing news, online news thing. And Mm -hmm. he was basically saying like, yeah, we need this party because, you know, things are too extreme on the right and things are too extreme on the left. Um, And so, you know, the forward party is really not going along those divisive party lines. You know, we're just looking forward for what like America really wants. Yeah. And then he kind of said the things that he always talked about as long as he's existed which are like ubi Mm -hmm. and like truck drivers Mm -hmm. uh and like tech technology taking over truck drivers yeah and like anti-pakistan pro-israel yeah exactly and his pro-israel talking points and really really pro billionaire stuff yeah yeah and similar news i listened to an interview with matthew mcconaughey who's also like i mean clearly is clearly knows almost nothing about anything <laughs> but is but is weighing a, a a potential run for governor of Texas. Yeah. Um also also on a similar platform. Totally. Of man, it's just too we got to bring people together. Yeah. What was his his Lincoln commercial? Yeah, his Lincoln commercial I think was his like start. Yeah. That was the beginning and he was like maybe this will do it. Um <laughs> And no, he had some metaphor in his in his interview about something about an armadillo. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Go ahead. And look I think that he up, would be a great on the podcast. Uh, sway. <laughs> I think he. W- I mean, yeah. I can just hear him kind of like you know, in the Oval Office. He's really leaning back in the chair though at the desk. Like that chair's leaned way back, and he's kind of just like, kind of like slowly uh, doing the thing where you like twirl a coin between your fingers, kind of yeah. as he's thinking. For sure. Yeah. I think I totally agree. And 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 maybe. Um, maybe that sort of demonstrates, I think we do it. We would, I would, I, I would, I feel like I have a desire to see him play a politician. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And something I watch on TV. Yeah. I think he would do a fantastic job at that. Like in, Um, like in a sequel to Olympic, Olympia, Olympic has fallen or whatever. Don't know what that is. That was, I think that was some Gerard Butler movie. Like there was a, there was a year where like three, the White House is under attack. Movies came out within like a month of each other. Mm. Uh, I think he would do he would do good at one of those. Yeah, for sure. Um, but listening to him in the interview, it was clear he didn't know <laughs> literally anything. 
it's just so him and Andrew Yang uh, and any maybe any rich person who does anything who has like like don't a you, new idea yeah I think you just like run out of stuff to do or like yeah. ways to like basically expand your like body to be in more areas <laughs> sure yeah like I don't know you what if you're Matthew McConaughey and you're the a, a massive movie star yeah it's sort of like well I don't know do you reach like the end of the of whatever meaning you can get out of that and, and you start thinking like maybe I can find it somewhere else well yeah and there has to be some like weird element where like you develop Maybe it's just like the sheer feeling of so much achievement of like awards you've won and, and well, things yeah, like that be, that, sure. that leads you into like maybe I could do this thing that's yeah, not related to like, anything else that I've done. Yeah, you've done such a good job. Like you've succeeded at such a high level that in you your could thing. theoretically could succeed. And everybody, at like I'm sure everybody around you, which I probably would be too, is like you're amazing. Yeah, like you you crushed it. So you're like, oh, I just need to bring like the same energy he wrote a book too which i also don't want to read matthew mcconaughey did mm. um which just sounds like sort of batshit crazy um he just, just his ramblings just his ramblings An armadillo yeah, uh yeah uh yeah he for sure would have the wettest curls of any president <laughs> he always has those wet curls <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh he well he he already is he's a professor at uh like University of Texas or Texas University or something actually? like that. Yeah, some sort of like film, oh, something related to film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think though, yeah, you definitely have a point. There is something about a rich person that's like, I could do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of think in general, whether you're rich or not, kind of my current stance is anyone who thinks I should be president, immediate disqualify. It immediately disqualified. Mm. Like, if you think I should, I have the right ideas and I know that I could be the president and I should be the president, I should lead America. Yeah. Huge red flag. That is a pretty big red <laughs> flag. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. There's like that person and then there's like the super cold and calculated person right who's also who's like i know the people i need to know i can get the financial backing i have like the pr team i'm like in in line with the lobbyists i can like i can like promise something and then like only go this far right um i also think that person should not be president yeah and then there's the guy who has a good idea yeah who's just like fuck, God damn it, I'll never be able to get in there because I understand <laughs> how this works. Totally. And there is no way they're going to let me in yeah, that's to true. this place. Yeah, Which the, that's sort of like like the closest that we've gotten to that being a reality is maybe Bernie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's almost kind of like his, the best, one of the best things he has going for him is like whenever you hear that like no one really likes him. Or I that, wonder if Bernie, like if Bernie was the, what would it mean if Bernie was, ended up being the Democratic candidate? Like, would that would that mean that somebody had like got to him? Right. You know, like, like is it kind of like a paradoxical? Was, like yeah. we don't want him to be president because the only way in which that could happen would be compromising why we would want him. To exactly. Be I wonder. Yeah, that's, that's probably not a. That's probably that's not a helpful way to think about it. I don't think. 
That's true. Um, yeah, that is really tough. And the problem is that the two people we just listed as should not be president are are also the only two types of people uh, for which it is possible to ever become president. It seems that way. Yeah. I will say, though, talking about kind of... Trump became president. Yeah. Like, Trump, like... I mean, I guess Trump did ultimately have like capital and business behind yeah him. but in a way it did set a new precedent yeah for like what's possible yeah because i could i could the if if bernie had a fair shot i could see the same people who voted for trump potentially voting for bernie well we saw a bunch of people that would have voted for bernie swing to trump exactly yeah, yeah. and I, I think that yeah on the one side maybe that's Oh man, it's such a double-edged sword. It's such like like on the one hand, maybe kind of cool if this new precedent has been set that like maybe actually anyone random could become president. Not that Trump's random; he's like super super rich. But yeah. but like there's also the flip side of that of people that were like Oprah twenty twenty four or whatever, like when he won, which that is just like cringe and bad. I do so. I do think though that. You know, as far as Andrew Yang and the forward party and Matthew McConaughey and his kind of like, you know, musky, sweaty, like non-divisive. Mm-hmm. Both of these both of these men forging a third way. Mm-hmm. They're in very good company. Yeah. Uh, because I think we both know who originally came to offer a third way. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's where I was going with. <laughs> um, you have heard it said, I think what is it? Like third 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 Corinthians nine sixteen says Jesus it's when Jesus is talking to um kind of all the people who are gonna maybe vote for him or not. Mm-hmm. And he says, Listen, I'm too liberal for the conservatives and I'm too conservative for the liberals. What do you want me to do? I mean, to follow me, you're gonna upset you're going to upset people on both sides. And really at the end of the day, I, while I am King and boy, is it good to be King? I didn't come to establish a political party. I'm not a political person. I don't like to get into it. I'm your Lord and savior. (laughs) I am not a political person. I'm your Lord and savior. I don't want to get into it. Don't talk to me about that kind of stuff. I don't want to cause any divisiveness. I don't want to make anyone upset. We all, at the end of the day, we all basically think the same thing. It's just the radicals on both (laughs) sides who are going crazy. You and I, man, we're all we're pretty much this is just the I'm same. one of you. I'm one of you. I'm just like you. I'm one of, I'm one of you. That's my I'm Joe just, Biden. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm uh, hey man, I'm one of you. <laughs> that's actually really good. <laughs> uh but yeah, and so he's like, I'm just one of you. But simultaneously, I did come to establish a kingdom, so bow down. Yeah. Yep. And that's basically all there is to say about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But, but but that is how people think. That's how. Oh man, this is just a whole. This is just a whole zone. That's how Christians frequently, or that's I don't know what I don't. It's tough. It's it's hard for me to like think about what Jesus did or what he was like. Yeah, and then think 
that that's the that's like our overall takeaway. Right. That he was not. Um, right. A bit of a troublemaker, a bit Ooh. of a radical, yeah. like a bit of a like crazy fringe <laughs> figure. Yeah. Which just shows, I mean, it just shows how far our conception is from totally whatever. anything, I guess, there, that's written down. Yeah, totally. Who knows what, I, I don't know what he was actually like or if he was a person. Um, but <laughs> based on the info we have, the guy is like gonna mess some shit up. You do have people to... are not happy, so they kill him. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was just gonna say. Is like if he really was this, if he did kind of come to you know, if he really, Tonight. if he was, yeah, if he really came, or it's just kind of like yeah, if he was, if he was this per, if he was the perfect image of a of a centrist, yeah, then you have to like you have to uh, explain alternately why he like he was forced into like a state execution and why the masses kind of wanted him to absolutely be killed by by the government of the time yep um, but I think that okay obviously the whole kind of like America's a Christian nation is bullshit but I do think that there is this Chris, there's enough of like a Christian influence on American culture and thought and society yeah that it does just kind of seem like overall kind of within normie liberal like american thought that there is kind of this implicit trust and enthusiasm around like middle equaling inherently good and best yeah or, or sort of like a, an automatic uh, hesitancy around anything that that be could that could be considered like extreme or or polarized, uh, anything that could be considered divisive, uh, and I and I feel like that there probably definitely is some connection between that sort of like way roped in idea of who 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 Christ was Mm -hmm. and then how that kind of affects how we or yeah and and I mean just even like such popular discourse around you know like are are they going to work when we're electing a president or a congress person or anything like that like are they going to be able to reach across the aisle yeah. Like, are they willing to compromise? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I so like part of the part of the Jesus Jew- was all about compromise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many examples of that in the text. <laughs> um, part of the thing, I mean, part of the thing with with Christianity, as I understand it, in the United States of America, is this sort of like <clears throat> um, feeling when you're in it that you're a, a crazy radical, but then <laughs> yeah. all of your actions are sort of that really centrist, yeah. like just going with the flow vibe. Yeah. But you sort of, you sort of get this little like fantasy moment of like being this radical without doing anything radical. Yeah. And I think doing something radical is maybe like scary. So yeah. like having to, um, how is it possible? How or or how? But then so many 
tr- Christians are tr- like Trump supporters, but but Trumpism is not. Um, Trump was not a. He did not frame himself as a, as a centrist by any means. No, but the okay, no, but, and he, I mean, he's like a racist and bad, <laughs> but like his policies. And the stuff that he's into right, kind of are nothing. sort of like classic American sure. values. Totally, of like totally. Growth, business, competition, yeah. making our country like the strongest. Totally. Uh, taking care of our people, like whatever. Yeah. yeah, so. Which, I mean, really, that's really nothing different. Like, if a, if a non-racist person who identified as a Democrat was saying all those same things, yeah. people would be enthusiastic. Well, that's why people like Joe Biden. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So Trump is not radical, except... except. Um, Although, here, okay, here's a weird thing. Trump himself, not radical at all. Definitely yeah. agree. But there is something about him as like a figure that seemed to radicalize yeah. other people. For sure. That's that weird representation thing. Like I think we talked about it in like our first episode. Yeah. I was like, yeah, representation doesn't matter. But then Trump is sort of like maybe an opposite example <laughs> of maybe how it does matter sure. in a negative way. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you see this example of someone who's like supposed to have all this, who's the figurehead of having power and like leadership. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, if he can be that, then maybe I can be that. Yeah. But also it's a very, it's it's a false representation. He He definitely has this kind of like, like, which just seems yeah, so obviously transparent. Really... But it's like, I'm one of the most famous. I'm literally, I was literally like one of the f- most main first people to purely be famous because I'm rich. Yeah. But actually, I'm just like you because I eat steak with ketchup and I love McDonald's. <laughs> and so, like, that's the, re- that, that's representation. Yeah. For these people. He's yeah. in, he's zero percent. He disdains his own fan base. He yeah. finds them horribly disgusting. It's so clear. Absolutely. Yeah. And the weird thing, the the part that they identify with is the like racist misogynist. Sure. Which is that I think. I mean, that's just like a. I mean, okay, no, this it's not. I was gonna say it's just like a service level thing. It's not. I think it's in his core. Yeah. But the the damage that he did or does is like buried in like policy mm. and like substantial things. And it's not just like this, like that's, a, I mean, uh, I don't think it's an act. Like I think he is just a terrible person. Yeah. But it might as well have been an act to yeah. just like appeal to this sort of like, um, I was going to say like base feeling, but uh, that sounds mean. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, I mean, just kind of like you're like he's appealing. Maybe, I don't know, should we throw psychoanalytic jargon in there? Like he's a, he's he's an id, he's an id guy. Kind of like these base, like fuck, kill. Well, he's giving you, he's giving you a reason. He's giving you an explanation for your, for the dissonance and like alienation yeah, and frustration you feel. Yeah. He's giving you an explanation for that while the, what he's, the 
the policies that he's proposing and what he's doing um, also are not allowing you any fundamental change, mm. which I think on the surface is comforting. Yeah. Sort of like this, I don't know, this is the, how the way things, this is the way things work. Right. So, you know, I, some, that's why I think part of why people are afraid of like Bernie or something is it's like would be big changes. Yeah, totally. Even if it's like, so, even if it would make so many people's lives better, better. Yeah. It's like, well, that's like, that's fundamentally messing with my conception of how I should be able to become Jeff Bezos. You're saying I can't do that anymore? Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, in a weird way, like Trump symbolized certain changes, but no actual material change. Like the changes that he ushered in were like, I can yell up my waiter who's a minority again. Exactly. Which (laughs) that doesn't do anything for anyone. Yeah. But that's, yeah. But well, except it gives, it like, reinforces the the superiority complex that those people need in order to prevent material change. Right. Exactly. It's like a it's 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 a little it's your little release valve for like yeah. all of the my job is going away. I, yeah. Whatever. I've been making like minimum wage hasn't raised in forever. Yeah. I am having trouble surviving. What something's wrong. Yeah. I need some I need someone I can't like but yeah, but the, it's being obscured, right? By sort of the like, it's the immigrants. Totally, 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 totally. Okay, I like where this is going. Oh man! But we need to take a break. Better help? <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think that what you're saying is true, and I don't actually think that Trump was a fascist, but I do think that there are kind of fascistic elements to kind of right-wing extremism that is present in America today. You know, there's like neo-Nazis and and stuff stuff like that. And so like what we've talked about a couple of episodes and what I think we will really want to hone in on is this big C word that we keep bringing up. Mm -hmm. Contraception. Uh, (laughs) You said the wrong. Sorry, 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 sorry. Come on, man. We're trying to record current podcast here. Sorry. This wine's hit me. Uh, Oh, man. Contradiction. The 40th lip. 40th lip. (laughs) Uh, No, contradiction. Contradiction, everyone. The fascist uh, mission is to solve contradiction. Yeah. It's to remove antagonism Mm -hmm. from the picture. Yep. And the right wing project is to create a scapegoat. Yep. usually a race or a category of person yep. that, like you said, is that release valve mm-hmm. so that contradiction within the whole framework and system itself does not need to be acknowledged. It can be all funneled into this thing that we can eliminate yep. to then kind of achieve this non-contradictory utopian future. Or maybe more more accurate for a right wing is like, we can go back to this utopian past that we remember the good mm-hmm. old days yeah um this kind of romanticized i was perfectly happy when i was a baby oh gosh the good old the but good the old thing days is before is i existed not, i mean that's that is yeah that is the right wing project but that's also exemplified in i think some like mainstream liberal totally things too yeah. of like well these these uh fucking rednecks yeah like they're yes. the racists you know, I mean, even Trump, 
I, I mean, I was that guy. Sure. You yeah. Know, who was like, well, it's this guy. Like, we get rid of this guy. Like, this is the problem. You know, mm-hmm. these people, if we, if we, oh, man, what we need to do is create Cascadia. And Cascadia <laughs> will be Oregon, Washington, and California. Yeah. And we'll be our own perfect, harmonious yeah. place, free from the influence of these dummy, dummy, dum dum dummers. <laughs> And, uh, and that'll, from, that'll solve our problem. Free from the influence of 90% of the actual land of our states <laughs> where most people are living where very rural, conservative lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a great point. And where I was going to... So my question is going to be like, okay, we've established that that's kind of like the right-wing project. Um, and we have this inherent inclination towards these third-way non-divisive middle of the road people. Yeah. What's the difference between what a Yang or a or a McConaughey <laughs> yeah. would would is advocating for? Both result in both have the same one is not inherently pointed at like ro- like eliminate Asian people, but you know, but both are aimed at eliminate contradiction. Yeah. So with Andrew Yang, you get $1,000 a month, which is not really enough to do shit. <laughs> and with McConaughey, you get a wet, curly mop of a, a mop so of a hot. head. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some kind of Lincoln tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> McConaughey, everybody gets a Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, and there's also like Lincoln, the president, like they could tie it back to that, like the new, like the next oh, Lincoln. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. couldn't you see that? Oh, totally. Um, so... He just wears a top hat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a top hat, but it's like I don't know if it has like vents that allow his curls <laughs> to stay wet, <laughs> to stay wet, and it like poke a through in the in, in underneath. Yeah, and maybe actually there's like a spritzer on top, <laughs> and he has a little he has like a little button. <laughs> he has a little button in his pocket. Yeah, that he presses, or yeah. like a little like thing that he squeezes, which yeah. squeezes a little mist up this tube. Yeah. that runs like under his under that his wets suit. His curls. <laughs> And these little misters in his hat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh perfect. One can, dream. One can only dream of this. Um, okay. Your question was about what's the well, difference? Isn't this okay? So, uh, you know, we're sort of going to dog on these guys, but isn't, but there's something really appealing about what they want. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you know, I driving through like, Eastern Oregon, seeing the Scary. Trump banners <laughs> flying in the wind. I was there right before election day, yeah. and like going into a a, a bar, um, yeah, or and, even just like a gas station, yeah. And thinking like, I just want to let's just get along. Like I don't, and and all of the sort of like, oh, where it's the country headed towards civil war, um, <laughs> which I really that sounds terrible yeah um so yeah, i can definitely see the appeal of uh of 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 a middle of the road thing right. and here's a funny thing <clears throat> that's not funny it's just a thing here's just a thing um a lot of people i think do want similar things but what they are proposing as the thing that people want 
is finding this middle space between, I don't know, like Joe Biden and Trump. Like that's that like it's just this like sort of it's sort of this arbitrary worldview of uh, these two figures are the two extremes. They're Which both, already that it, that is the that's starting already a premise. problem. Yeah, that's already a problem. And then they're both too extreme, also a problem because Trump and Biden, I think, are more similar than they are different. Yep. Ultimately, um, and what people want is to just split it down the middle. Right. Which is basically changing nothing essentially yeah. because yeah. <laughs> because Biden hasn't really changed anything. Yeah. From Trump. Yeah. Um, so it's like a purely like aesthetic change. Yeah. Maybe it's just this like for sure it is. It's like let's keep everything the same, but the look of it will be someone who, um, yeah, has this new identity of like I'm not this. I'm not, I'm not this. I'm just like you because you don't because you're because you in your life are uncomfortable with the division yeah. in our society. Yeah. Totally. I totally personally identify with that. I'm also uncomfortable. Yeah. But the solution offered is, um, yeah, just completely aesthetic appearance based. Totally. It's like you're uncomfortable with the division and what we're going to do. How does this sound? We're going to keep the division, but the, Color like when you go to my webpage, the top banner is going to be green instead <laughs> of blue or red. Yeah, nothing's going to oh, change for you. Sure, totally, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, I think that that's true, and I also think that like it isn't even. Uh, it, I agree that people, the majority of people, probably do actually want relatively similar things, but yeah, it's just incorrect. It's like what the news and what like people in politics say everyone wants doesn't really match up with what everyone wants. Well, you look at like, you look at any, any like polls about what people want about like healthcare or like, um, how they feel about abortion. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe abortion is more divisive, but so many things it's like the, like, you know, sort of like, childcare thing that they're trying to maybe get passed right, right now. Right. It's like everybody wants all of this stuff. Basically everyone wants to be able to like live, live yeah, yeah. and not have any unforeseeable inconvenience, have the possibility of like totally fucking their life for, yeah. for from then on out. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, Yeah, I just think that it's so, um, yeah, this idea that it's like, oh, well, you have all these, like, blue demographics in the cities that all want endless abortions, and, um, you know, they really just want all these fancy grocery stores, and they want everyone at McDonald's to make $30 an hour. Then you have all these red states where really what they want is unlimited machine guns, and they want... Yeah, the thing is, is that, and this is how the, like, I guess media plays into it, is, um, yeah, sure, there's not an unlimited amount of resources, um, 
but how much time does anybody spend talking about like the military budget? Zero. I, I actually, so I, I can't say like I knew him. He was a regular when I worked in coffee and would come in all the time and sat at the counter and he was in the military, uh, for like a number of years. I mm-hmm. think just like, I don't know what branch or whatever, maybe army or maybe, um, I don't know, maybe animal trainer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> zoologist. Yeah. He was either army or zoology branch. Um, but I did, <laughs> but basically one thing that he said, we're training pumas to sniff up mines. <laughs> we can, 10 years, we'll be riding those puppies. Uh, yeah, honestly, though, puma technology, that's something that we should talk about sometime Huge. soon. Um, not the shoes. Like, like, I'm not really into soccer, so I don't wear puma. Absolutely but, not. Um, anyway, he, would, he said that where he served... Um, Every year, they would kind of get the the newest Jeep or Hummer or whatever, mm-hmm. and there would literally be on site, um, like just dozens and dozens of previous years' yeah. vehicles that they weren't supposed to actually even use because they weren't the up to new the new standard or whatever. Yeah, and so I mean, and those are you know. The, what brand new Jeep or Hummer? Probably what? Like I don't know. I don't know how much those are. Could I'm, it let's be just more go, than? Could be eight, more than nine thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go conservative and say, uh, like, let's just say fifty thousand. Yeah, I bet it's even more. Yeah, um, yeah, and nobody. I mean, it's just a racket. It seems like. Yeah, you're just. But that's our. But that's how. I mean, that's, this is the problem, I think, is this is just the way that things work where uh, we can get the things done that uh, have the financial incentive for whoever uh, is a good lobbyist to get what they want out of it. If mm-hmm. you're a military defense company, we can pass that budget. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that doesn't, that just basically is just about making people's lives better. Yeah. And doesn't enrich, like the stuff that enriches like everybody, <laughs> uh, but does not enrich like one big head honcho guy, mm-hmm. um, can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Th- and that's so, okay. So I think that that is the big contradiction that nobody wants to really delve into. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great point. Yeah. And just the kind of, the kind of two sides of the same coinness is very, you kind of don't want that. I think a lot of us are like mentally invested in that not being true. Because that's kind of very depressing, right? Because there are there, there really only are two two choices until yeah. Mr. Yang came along. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like I mean, it doesn't like like in my opinion, the Democratic Party is the same, if not. 
I go back and forth on if I would say worse or not than the Republican Party. It's actually. tough to know. It's tough because like, I, I, my thing is the is the kind of the the. I think there's something nefarious about them getting being able to exist as though they are a different and progressive. Right. Entity. Like the virtue signaling. Yeah. That seems just really, really not yeah. good and sneaky. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And functionally, I mean the whole Trump presidency, I was going, what the hell is he doing out of just like sheer stupidity, yeah. <laughs> like sound bites. Yeah. And this Biden's whole presidency, I've been like the, what the hell is he doing at, in the sense of, like literally, where is he? I haven't yeah. seen. I've seen him like two times on TV totally. in a year. Yeah, and so like it. Yeah, and my thought has been my honestly, my main th- thing has been like, oh man, it's so nice to not think about this, which I think is how a lot of people want to feel. And I think that the third way is like the ultimate. Is the ultimate? I don't have to think about this anymore yeah. because you feel like you kind of won. You or you f- we it, it it feels inherently radical because of its because of its feeling of 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 difference yeah like i think that like different is equated with radical even though like we said the only reason that this kind of third way non-divisive narrative exists is to avoid the contradictory feeling that we're all feeling this divisiveness that we're feeling yep it's a it's an avoidance mechanism kind of under the guise of progress yeah yeah, which um, which makes me think it would not go super well, right? Well, in that same clip that I mentioned, I was listening to earlier the guy, and it was like a le- it was it was a left wing news thing. So basically, the guy was like, "What do you mean when you say like extremism on the left? Like, what are you talking about?" Um, and he's in Andrew Gang kind of gave like a big non-answer but the two things that he talked about if i'm remembering correctly was the green new deal Mm -hmm. and i don't know how this relates to anything but teachers unions Mm -hmm. (laughs) which does which does seem a little like i think that's a big question for a lot of people that would consider themselves centrist or wanting to avoid extremisms on both sides is what are you avoiding when you think of extremism on the left, because the extremism on the right is so transparent. It's like hate crimes and neo-Nazis and stuff like that. Um, And so I really do kind of wonder what, what people are kind of afraid of. Maybe they're thinking of like, you know, lawless, godless cities like Portland where Antifa runs the show. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, I do think we really have this this powerful mythology of a self-made country and the need for the, we, the need for everybody to work hard and like your value is tied to how hard you work, but how hard you work is demonstrated by how much money you make if you're rich if you're poor it's demonstrated by how poor people don't work bullshit (laughs) that's why they're poor like that's our myth and so and so if you run into a political party that says i think everybody should be guaranteed a certain uh comfort in life and an ability to deal with their 
medical problems and ability to feed themselves yeah. regardless of their economic contribution yeah. to our society, which is bullshit because like these, the, these are the people who are like growing our food. Like these are totally. the people who are doing anything that matters. Totally. <laughs> um, is really uncomfortable because we are, are we we believe that no, they don't deserve it because they're poor. Yeah, we, yeah, which is this totally obscene. Oh, I find this so offensive. It's this weird, like what you said is exactly true, but then there's also this backhanded, totally um, demeaning uh, way of talking about these people at the same time, which is like, listen, you might not be a billionaire, but you're the real backbone of this country. We need you. Yeah, we need you. Yep. Uh, We need you to keep putting up with this bullshit. Well, yeah, that's, that's the, like, that's the whole um, David Graeber thing in the book, bullshit jobs is like, if you do a job that does something meaningful, that should be your satisfaction. You don't get money. You get the feeling, you just get the feeling of knowing you have a meaningful existence. That's <laughs> yeah. your reward. Yeah. And try, if you, try paying for your son's surgery with all this meaning you get. Exactly. Gain. Yeah. And, and, and then the opposite of, is true where uh, you, if you are uh, really well paid, then your job is meaningless and you have to deal with that. Um, but definitely easier for the well-paid guy. Yeah, meritocracy, right? Meritocracy. Um, there's a great okay. I'm st- to to kind of bring it back to like contradiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that. So I think that okay. I think that contradiction is also very much tied to ideology. Yep. And we have these ruling ideologies in America, and they inevitably, because they are ideological and they are fantasies, kind of end up in in contradiction. And so everything that we're talking about uh, exists. Uh, so two two ways of the same saying the same thing. I would maybe think upholding ideology is almost maybe synonymous with avoiding contradiction. Would you say that maybe? I think so. So like where I'm where I'm getting at, and this is something I'm going to steal from our frequent. Well, that's way. what yeah, that's what ideology is. Yeah, of, uh, an avoidance of contradiction. Yeah, yeah. We you need, need that you to need make the it ideology. Make sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, so I'm stealing this from our frequently referenced uh, Todd McGowan, um, but basically, it's. I'm just saying this because it's right on the topic of meritocracy. So we have this uh, this ideology in America of meritocracy, which is you you know, if you have good things it's because of your merit it's because you're a good person or it's because you worked hard for those things Yep, you earned it man yeah you earned it basically and that's the kind of that is what allows things like uh you know just kind of crazy corporate capital or giant wealth disparities that ideology is kind of what allows those to perpetually exist is because we don't we kind of view it as like oh well i mean they oh, good mu- for him. Good for him. Good he must have him. done something. Yeah. Or if someone's like, you know, impoverished, then it's like, ooh, yeah, kind of gross mean, and weird. Not working hard enough. Yeah, not working hard enough. Not really um, or just not working correctly. Even if they are working so hard, it's like, well, yeah, but work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
There's all these kind of things. But ideologies inherently have contradictions because we know that that's not true. We know that some of the people who have the least and struggle the most work the hardest, like we've just been talking about, these quote-unquote backbone of America, essential workers, and the fact that some of the richest people, CEOs, billionaires, the Kardashians, whatever kind of want a character you want to paint, not, they don't do shit. Um, And so there's a a contradiction there. Um, But there's, okay, so then he, so then what Todd says is a great, when ideologies arrive at contradiction, you need then fantasies or these kind of other kind of <laughs> fail-safe things to continue yeah. to uphold the ideology yeah. and cover over these contradictions you've yeah. arrived at. And his excellent example is the lottery um, for a fantasy to cover over the inherent contradiction of meritocracy is the the lottery that you could yep. win millions of dollars. And, and um, the way he talks about is that is that it is the antithesis of meritocracy. Winning the lottery is the, is the most opposite from meritocracy totally. you could, yeah. you could get. If anything, not only did you not work hard, you made a poor decision by continuously buying lottery tickets, yeah. which is a waste of money, statistically you're never going to win. Yeah. However, if you win the lottery, no one that's so cool. <laughs> like if yeah. you won the lottery, that is so amazing. Like that you're so lucky. Congrats, dude. You got this. Now you have 55 million dollars. And the reason that this is a crazy fantasy and exposes the contradiction is because lotteries are state programs. It's like the Oregon lottery. It's mm-hmm. like it's Oregon state money that people win. But if it wasn't the lottery, if we took this, you know, accumulated Powerball $200 million that's sitting in this pot for a lottery winner to make, and instead of having it be the lottery, which doesn't challenge meritocracy, and instead we distributed that $200 million to people that needed it or as some sort of UBI or f- some sort of medical thing or invested in free child care for everyone on a state level, that's socialism. That's bad. That is actually, uh, that's going against meritocracy because people didn't work for that. That $200 million is just being given away. But under the kind of guise of the lottery that doesn't really pose this big challenge to the ideology, it's actually like a celebrated thing and can serve to actually uphold the ideology. And so I think that the third way movement is kind of like the lottery of politics. Totally. Yep. It's like, oh, wait, we can have this wild card option now (laughs) (laughs) that is cool because it's not really the same thing that's been going on. Yeah. But also it doesn't really challenge any of the kind of fundamental operating systems that are currently in place. Yep. Uh, So I think it's a fantasy. I think the whole, I'm, but okay, but here's also, I'm second guessing what I'm just saying, because I do also, I'm not advocating for just like a two party. No, we need, we need more parties for sure. But I agree that the fantasy is just wholeness. Yeah. Right. Like at the, I think at the, at like just a basic level. 
is just this idea of we can get to a place where we can get to a utopic place where everything is whole. Yeah. We, I can return to when I was a little baby and everything was happy for me. Yeah. Um, which is, which is what, uh, yeah, what the, the Andrew Yang or someone like him is proposing, mm. which is, yeah, it's really appealing yeah. Uh, but it is a, yeah, just like you said, it's just a fantasy that up, upholds the ideology, um, which is, I would say, capitalism at a broad level. Right. Which is um, tough to look at and think about. Yeah, it is. Because capitalism is way less articulatable and tangible than Donald Trump. Yep. You can't, it, it, and it just implies it's so much more far reaching. Like Donald Trump is just a guy. I can hate a guy. Yeah. You know? Well, and there's no, like the thing, there's no, yeah. So I think, like, I think um, Todd McGowan or, you know, even on his in his book on capitalism, uh, it's not like there's a there's not like a a clear path to like getting out right of where we're at. Yeah. It's not like oh well, we just need to become communist or like right. social <laughs> like you you know uh, yeah well yeah communism I- with Chinese characteristics or you look at like socialist countries in Europe, which I think are like I would prefer for us to be like that than how we are. Yeah. Like, I think that's some benefits. That's like some, it would just be, it would just be better yeah. for us. However, it's still all operating under this, what is now, I think like a global capitalist ideology. And so it's the, and so the action for, for I think Hegel or Todd McGowan or probably what we are proposing, like the way to, move somewhere is to dive further into the contradiction. Yeah. Instead of trying to pave it over, close our eyes, get the third party. Yeah. Do some kind of like surface level fix, do something that makes us feel, uh, comfortable. Yeah. For a while. Um, because it doesn't last and you're always going to need, um, like, I just think if, you know, we elect Andrew Yang, Green Party. Forward Party. Forward Party. <laughs> Beef eggs, carrots, apples. <laughs> um, we're going to have to find some kind of enemy because things are still not going to go the way that we want them right. to go right, right, because right. nothing is going to fundamentally change. And so we, and so, you know, there is going to have to be some kind of like, some kind of fantasy is going to have to develop that like, yeah. Oh, actually. Um, so the problem wasn't actually like the Democrats versus Republicans. Like the problem was actually like this little thing is like actually the problem. And sure. if we just get rid of this, yeah. then it'll all be cool guys. Well, and to take that even to a further extent, even if we I- elect Andrew Yang and, and you know, wild systematic changes are made, what happens then when this whole new system arrives at its new unforeseeable contradiction? 
Yeah, which is probably like climate change. For sure, for sure. Because <laughs> that's the thing, like if he, he, you know, you just said that he was like not super on board with the Green New Deal. Um, yeah, that's going to that's uh, gonna be coming. What? Uh, what, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you think that? You, um, yeah, that's going gonna, gonna to happen. But I think like, but I think maybe to take it to an even deeper level. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't think we could even get any. I thought we were going down the Mariana Trench. <laughs> we're like on the on, on Mario underground oh, level. The Mario underground level. <laughs> um, you know, it's not comfortable to look at the contradictions within yourself. For sure. Right? Like yes. that, And that's like... Yeah, yeah. So we're okay. Hegel, who we keep talking about, who's like the contradiction king. Yep. Like he, for Hegel, contradiction is not a problem to be overcome. It's actually uh, sort of one of, if not the most kind of fundamental aspects of how reality is structured itself. Yeah. And so to be a human, to be a subjective person, your subjectivity arises out of. A not at oneness with your own self, yep. out of a contradiction with your own self. Psychoanalysis, you have the unconscious. You have for Lacan, it's the mirror stage, yep. that moment where you exist and see yourself in the mirror, and there's a bit of a gap between your internal life and this image of yourself that you know is you, but doesn't really feel or look like you. Yeah, you know. So we're divided subjects to begin with. Um, Actually, Pete Rollins talks about this. So he he's like, I was just listening to an interview with him where he's kind of like, contradiction in uh, humanity is the word for that is subjectivity. We're a divide. We're a divided subject. We're not even at one with our own self. Uh, contradiction within biology is called evolution. It's like the not at oneness of a species with itself and its environment, and that's what drives. Yeah change and 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 novelty and 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 newness and progress contradiction within um physics i forget what he says quantum mechanics yeah quantum mechanics yeah something's position changes based on whether it's being viewed or not exactly yeah that whole thing of like you know there's an atom that exists simultaneously in multiple points but it's only visible at whatever point you currently see it at yeah and then to bring it to political just because we've been talking about that he would say contradiction in the political realm is called democracy which is basically like multiple parts and perspectives not at one with itself that through the intermingling of those different things creates political novelty and new totally. things and drives progress yeah, and, and so the like pro- that yeah so the problem is that the green party is not different than what we have totally and the problem with what we have is that our two options are also not different Mm -hmm. so we're we're just like if it's an andrew yang green party like it's just adding one more not different thing to choose from yeah and both the right and the left are guilty of this is that the difference that we think we're imagining is even less different than the current non-difference is because what we imagine is Oh man, in order to really drive things forward, uh, you know, we need to like we need to make it impossible for someone like Trump to ever win again. Yeah. And that really, 
I hate to say this, is kind of the antithesis of democracy. Yeah. So if you believe in democracy, democracy by definition has to be contradictory. It has to have that potential for failure. Like, what if the people are wrong? Like, yeah. and that is kind of like, it's like the weird thing of like, that sucks. I don't want another Trump. I also don't want another Biden, but I definitely don't want, I don't want another Trump. But the moment we remove that possibility, it ceases to be what it was. Yeah. But Trump is, I mean, Trump, Biden, Yang, all just like pro capital. Yeah. The three amigos guys, the three amigos. I'm sure they're not actually amigos. Yeah. But they might be friends. They're friendly. Yeah. They're not friends. (laughs) Um, yeah, they're different on some level, mm. but there's no like there's it would be someone like the contradiction would be Bernie from my understanding, like someone like Bernie on one side and Trump Biden Yang yeah. on the other side. Yeah, and that would be want- that would be some kind of like potential for Totally. Progress because those people actually fundamentally disagree sure. with each other. Well, yeah. And that's what, and that's like, I mean, this is, I guess this is getting kind of jargony, but like that's like a dialectical way of looking at it as opposed to a dualistic one. Yeah. Where, where, okay, like, so maybe the most classic example of like a dialectic is Marx, the, the dialectical materialism or whatever where you have the proletariat and the bourgeoisie um and his i think it's a good example of how kind of this way of thinking works because he doesn't say like okay we have this one extreme which is the worker or the proletariat and we have this other extreme which is the bourgeoisie so what we need is some sort of like middle group where they like mark didn't no. in, mark didn't invent the middle class yeah totally. as as mark marks did not mark didn't either mark did neither mark, mark didn't invent Karl mark. mark uh marks didn't invent the middle class his Karl dial- mark <laughs> you ever read uh, any of that shit by Karl mark yeah i went to elementary school with that kid <laughs> Uh, we all made fun of him because he had two first names. Yeah, no, he saw the potential for progress yeah. through contradiction. Exactly. And yeah. it's not that you have these two extremes and you kind of find a and balance. You find the middle ground. Yeah, no, it's that these two extremes taken to their continued furthest extent yeah. will internally stop even yeah. working. And that's where you have I mean, Marx that, revolution. Yeah, and I think for us, like seeing that revolution does not seem to be happening too much, it seems like that might be climate change where it's sort of this like um, this continual expansion growth, like taking, take, 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 take from the, from the planet to the detriment of both the planet and especially to the like more marginalized people who are living in the areas that are, that are seeing the effects of climate change first and who don't have the resources to uh, escape yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like it seems like that is going to be potentially our big contradiction. And I think the, I think, yeah, I, um, the 
you know, it'd be cool if we could get someone in the mix to uh, like Help. do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, thinking of your examples too, I always love Peter Rollins always talks about, um, and I think this is a Hegelian thing too. We'll Never say, read Hegel. Sure. Yeah. Um, is the contradiction of even like Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And like God, God dying, dying. Yeah. Um, which is, which the, which I think modern Christianity, um, tries to make sense. Yeah. Like the narrative is that, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, modern Christianity (laughs) in a weird way is it, 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 it's whole thing is covering over that contradiction. Yeah. Yeah, I maybe yeah, with like the resurrection or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, the, or certain aspects of the of the Trinity. Well, it's like, well, yeah, but God didn't like, you know, Jesus died and Jesus is God, but it's not like really like God died. Yeah. Jesus exactly. is God, but he's not like God, God. Yeah. And he rose again anyway, so. Um <laughs> yeah, but that's like yeah, that's that's another I mean, that's cool. Like I could I could see myself becoming like going back to being some like wacky Christian like that's all about Christian. yeah like that's all <laughs> about this like yeah contradiction of of Jesus on the cross and like the in God totally uh, well I yeah I mean and I really do think like as like a philosophical framework for kind of how you place central aspects of reality I think that that kind of Christian example is a really excellent one yeah, if you're looking can, at it from that angle. Yeah, because you can, I mean, it's like, it's basically, you could read it as like ultimate truth and reality yeah. is contradiction. Totally, yeah. God, the divine itself is at is not at one with itself. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Are we just, did we, we just get reconverted? <laughs> Are we freaking born again? Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. This is all, this is sort of dumb, but what's is it, there's also that isn't there's that Paul thing where he's like, why I don't do what I, why do I do what I hate? Why do thing? I do what I hate? Type that's thing. That's very Freudian. Yeah, that's very Freudian and very. That's like this is we were talking about this earlier, but that that is I think a good example of the contradictory nature within all of ourselves. Totally, that's so uncomfortable that we yeah. seem to go to any length to sort of just close our eyes and not examine. And that's why we want, I want a green party that I want the forward party yeah. that appears harmonious, that mm. can give me the fantasy. Yeah. Not only maybe that the world is not, that there's no contradiction in the world, yeah. but maybe I even get the fantasy that within myself, like this, I make sense. Yeah. Well, and okay. And so I think to even further kind of, go down like the individual and societal threads is like for, for psychoanalysis, how we deal with that internal divide and kind of those unrecognized unconscious desires in this divided subject is like repression. We repress the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, and that causes that either leads you down you know, in a psychotic direction where you're totally like outside of reality itself. I think just repress it and then have an early death. 
Goals. Hashtag goals. Um, All made sense to me. But we're, I think, you know, psychoanalytically and sociologically, we're a hella repressed country too. I mean, with even just like, <laughs> so, so, so something like slavery, which we, can we spoiler not, alert, we did. Uh, can we not talk about that though? Okay. I don't really want to think about that too much. If yeah, that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. Um, have you, are you, what shows are you watching? I just watched a show called Squid Game. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah we don't have to, no, slavery. We don't oh, have to talk cool, about yeah. that. Uh, slavery though, we did that. <laughs> we enslaved a whole race of people. Yeah. Um, you know, and then don't, I mean, we talk about it a little bit. There's a good kind of like week of elementary school that's dedicated to that, you know, MLK day. Yeah. We got to think about it then. Well, it's the cool, the cool thing about that is like we ended up freeing the slaves. And so that problem doesn't really. Yeah. Problem solved. Exist anymore. Totally. Um, as, 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 uh, I've heard literal members of my family say, look at football players, look at the, yeah. So many channels and musicians and stuff. How, how th- Let me recommend you don't think about who's in jail. Let <laughs> me recommend that you don't think about the people that create literally everything that we consume, whether it be food or electronics or yep. any of that stuff. Let's yep. not think about those guys. They're probably doing fine. Um, <clears throat> well, what? I, okay, where I was going with this was that slavery is a prime example. It's the easiest one hella repressed country. Yeah. You know, we did this horrible, I mean, just an unimaginable atrocity stain yeah. on human history that we specifically did as a country, America specifically. No other country has ever had kind of slavery in this form that's like purely racial yeah. and purely perpetuated for economic gains. Um, Light on a hill. <laughs> a city on a hill, baby. City on a hill. That's, that's it. Uh but the the only way we interact with it is so kind of like intentionally sanitized and in a way that doesn't really challenge anything that we think or whatever. Yeah. And then, okay, you and I have both talked about not massive Obama stands. Yeah. He was just a run of the mill. Although I was at the time liberal. Same. Yeah. Um, but like for a country who has repressed the enslavement of African people, for an African person to become president, hella trigger warning. Like, for a country that has repressed all of that, and then now this type of... Per- I mean, on the one hand, it kind of perfectly ideologically covers over the fact of us having to deal with that in the sense that like oh okay the race is fixed officially it. over i guess we fixed it um, but also it's like of course then you get a trump or but something f- like that yeah, you okay. kind of swing well okay so what i'm saying is all, all all this is maybe that actually didn't end up being <laughs> the best example but like uh, t- t- being a repressed country to quote freud and this is kind of a cheesy qu- freud quote but he basically says like unexpressed emotions will never die. They they are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. Um, I think we experience that at the subjective level as people for sure. 
And I think that we're just experiencing that, like nothing we're experiencing that at a societal level, like everything that has defined America as something good has this corresponding repressed underbelly to it, whether that's wages, workers, the environment, racism, capital, like all these things that have been repressed and we've kind of just continued doing it though because of all of these quote-unquote positives about it. And and I do think, I mean, every generation and every person thinks that they're living in the time where everything crazy is going to happen and everything's going to change. But it does kind of really seem like a ton of this shit is kind of like boiling up. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. Um, I think just, I think... This is sort of on the same level and also sort of a little different, but <laughs> but it's what I was thinking about. Um, just so you know, I don't really listen to you when you talk. I more just think about what I am going to say. Is right. that okay with you? Yeah, that's cool. I okay. think you actually said that to me on an earlier episode too, so it's cool to see the consistency. Yeah. Um, I didn't listen to your response then, and I'm not listening to your response <laughs> now. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but... but even thinking about our sweet friend, Donald J. Trump. Mm. And here's my question for you is, would you and I be in the political position that we are right now if Trump was not president? Like if we got Hillary, would what would we be like right now? And I right. wonder and I hypothesize that I would be pretty similar to how you were, how I was at the end of the Obama presidency. Cause the right person won. Cause the right person won because, um, the symbolism, uh, then of having like a black president and maybe with Hillary of having a woman, a woman yeah. president. Um, because yeah, because my, t- my team, <laughs> the like virtuous, people are saying the right things and they're in power. Right. Um, all that to say, like I would, and not, yeah, I would never, I hope Trump is never president again. Yeah. Um, but maybe that just demonstrates some of the productivity potentially of that contradictory figure. Yeah. Who's not, even though, I mean, I don't know, like maybe, uh, you know, at his core, he is just normal president guy doing mm. like taking care of all the people that need to be taken care of. Sure. Um, but wait, who Trump Trump? Okay. Yeah. But, but, uh, his brashness and the sort of like overt racism yeah. or whatever, um, which are those you know, talking about slavery, like those are just like deeply embedded um, parts of our country and ourselves. Um, Even though he was doing this very like more surface level racism, which is what got me upset initially. Like like hearing a guy being racist, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But that actually, I think, caused a lot of us to confront and think about how actually systemically totally our country is yeah. racist and now yeah. i'm like i think the service level racism is terrible but i don't think that's like the thing that needs to be 
I'm not going to go out campaigning to every like guy out there who's like an individual racist. Yeah, for it, sure. It sort for of sure. caused me to get to a place where I'm like, no, this the whole place is our whole place is like yeah. set up from the beginning. It's uh, a mistake to think that any of this bad stuff has happened because Trump specifically is racist. Right, but the but the but what's interesting is that somehow how uncomfortable he made me and I think a lot of us is what caused us to like understand that totally about ourselves. Yeah. In yeah, a way. Totally. Lacan says uh like when faced with two choices, sometimes it's best to choose the wrong one. Yeah. And I th- and it, it I think that that's kind of unpopular and controversial. I mean, I think people would say maybe that's coming from a place of privilege. Like you and I don't really have that much on the line to say that like, totally. well, it was honestly, Trump was kind of in a weird way good for us because totally. we were able to learn so much. I would like to reiterate, I did, I think I did say I would not like another Trump president. You did, <laughs> you totally did. And I'm not even saying, I think that that, again, this is a contradiction. I think both are true. Yeah. I think it, it probably is privilege. Like I didn't have to face the brunt of any of the crazy shit that was going on with Trump Absolutely. as president. Well, it just made to someone who is oblivious. Right. It just brought it to the surface. Right. Which is what contradiction. Yeah. Totally. Does. Totally. Totally. It totally. just brings, it's there. The, it's always there. Yeah. Like, we we've been living in a in a racist country since we were born. Yeah. But we you and I are in a place of privilege. Right. Where it's literally been nothing that we've had to think about. That's not good, but right. that's just the way that totally. I feel like it's been. Totally. Haven't had, really had to think about it. Life to me feels normal. I'm just like a white guy. I just get everything that I want. <laughs> <laughs> um uh and then with Trump, you know. To the detriment of a lot, you know, of people. It became so hard to be a white guy. It became so hard to be a white guy. And that is good. Yes. Right? Totally. That's the contradiction. That's the contradiction. People are like, oh, wow. It became so, oh, you have it so hard. And it's like, no, yeah, it actually, in a way, did. Because you actually had to start thinking about what that meant. Yeah. And it's not, I would like to say that we're not equivocating that to anybody else for sure not for sure (laughs) do not cancel us (laughs) uh all we are saying is that it is not healthy to ignore contradictions yep trying to find a middle ground that seems pleasant on the surface is not a way to move forward Totally not a, a way to move forward. It's a way to stay the same. And I think we believe that the same is not, a. we're not in a good place Yeah. right now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what we're also not saying, particularly with like the climate change example, maybe, for example, is like, well, look, we just need to keep letting climate change get 
so much worse. Then so then see. everyone will see. Then they'll see. Yeah, like I'm not some sort of like eco fascist. Like that's like the person who like w- who like secretly wants people to keep dying from COVID. Like, exactly. Yeah, so that everyone. Yeah, because you're not taking the vaccines. Yeah, exactly. Why someone is, who I'm like s- applauds, like yeah. wow, Georgia's rates are up. Yeah, totally. Like, or so, who's like sad that the, like Florida's rates are going down. Yeah, that's as unhinged as like an anti-vaxxer, someone yeah, who like absolutely. wants to refuse medical attention to someone who doesn't have a vaccine. Yeah. But um it but I think yeah, so the, the it's not that it's not like this like we'll just let just keep getting everything keep letting everything get worse and worse and worse until contradiction reveals itself. Yeah. It's that when all of your effort is going towards removing this contradiction, yeah. you're kind of removing uh, contradiction. I think is kind of maybe a confusing word for all of this because we think of like, you know, when Trump would contradict himself or something, like saying, "Oh, we're going to build the wall," but then not do nothing, or like, "Oh, no. we're gonna, like when someone gets caught in a contradiction or something." No contradiction in this in the Hegelian sense, isn't a problem. It's not, uh, it isn't sort of like a problem with truth. It's actually like, it, it kind of is, is like what pulls back the curtain on the actual truth. Yeah. And so reconciling yourself to contradiction being kind of a, a, an essential part of reality unfolding Yeah. allows you to stop putting effort into concealing this apparent problem and putting effort into paying attention and seeking out those contradictions that that actually move that actually do move things forward. Yeah. Um and, and, and so I think that I mean this is why like a news media that never talks like I mentioned about the Pentagon budget or something is just like upholding this ideology and right. think of think of what kind of progress there could be if every day all the stories were like country spends x amount more on <laughs> military than they do on taking care of like suffering you know citizens totally or something totally uncomfortable yeah. fact but like digging into that is how you go somewhere yeah and paving over that yeah is how you suffer and do nothing totally but maintain your illusion of wholeness totally totally well yeah and in contradiction for hegel is what exposes the exposes uh the limits of logic and reason and and without acknowledging that then we are not able to see the limits of what we're operating within. So like bringing that into the political, like if we refuse to acknowledge, if we refuse to allow things to, to become contradictory, if we're constantly trying to pave over the contradiction, then we'll never be able to see how the logic of our own systems starts to break down. Yeah. And that's where actual change can start. The more people who see the internal logic of our systems breaking down, then the more room there is to be like, okay, well, this system obviously is not just the default reality of the world. And that's actually the, and again, not happy with the Trump presidency, voted for Biden, but that's actually the, the really other negative thing about Trump is that, for 
anybody who bought what he was saying, he found a way to cover over the contradiction mm. of their life as like a, as a like lower class white person. Yeah. By finding the reason for their problems. Totally. And, and saying like, well, yeah, you have a problem, but it's like these people coming in to take your jobs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And Bernie, oh, man, gotta love Bernie. He, I mean, he was, he, he campaigned to Trump voters. Like he was going yeah. to rural America and talking to those people, you know, and then yeah. you have Hillary Clinton, who's mostly famous because she called them deplorable. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's just so, Yeah. I and think, honestly, <laughs> I mean, Trump and Hillary probably both think they're deplorable. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I think what we want, here, here's what I think we want. Okay. I think that we think that we don't really have any meaningful choices mm. right now, mm. politically. Um, and adding another choice is only good if it's actually meaningful. Yes. If it's just like a way to to smooth over some division, like on a purely surface level, it's totally meaningless. Yeah. Because nothing, Biden, Trump, Yang, there are some, I'd rather have Biden than Trump. I don't know, between Biden and Yang. But, they're all like swimming in the same pool. Right. And there needs to be like an old man in a hot tub <laughs> who's also allowed to be a part. Yeah. Who the, plops in. And, yeah. 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 And that's Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Bernie Sanders, <laughs> but the, um, you could have unlimited choices and they could all be. We do. They could all be terrible. We already do. Yeah. That's what it is right now. Yeah. Unlimited terrible choices. Yeah. Yeah, and so embrace contradiction. Embrace contradiction, and um, if look you, for it. If you if if Bernie doesn't get the Democratic nomination, it's probably we'll because burn this place to the ground. 